All right, we're back with another episode of the 132 Breeze Podcast. As always, this is Marlo, joined by Casey. Casey, what a weekend. The good man, he giveth and he might be taking it away. Yeah, it was a, great to have Badger football back. Great, especially the way in which it, it went uh, on Friday night. Uh, it, leading up to the game, Marlo. Uh, I got those uh, familiar feelings, the nerves, the excitement, all kind of coming back, uh, and and it felt good and terrifying. <laughs> it was yeah, it it was good to be back. Uh, and I mean, it didn't stop there, right? We had Big Ten and NCAA football all day Saturday, NFL Sunday. There were baseball games splintered in there or sprinkled in there. Excuse me. Uh, it was a great sports weekend. And right now, I got here recording as I got. Uh, NFL football and uh, Game 5 of the World Series, not distracting me at all. I'm going to be very focused on this podcast. Uh, so, yeah, it's a good yeah. time to be a sports fan, good time to have a sports podcast. Yeah, things uh, things are just rolling. It felt great to have, like we talked about last time, it was just different with the Big Ten back. Uh, a little more vested interest in watching the other games outside of Wisconsin, uh, looking at common opponents. Seeing where where the where the Big Ten kind of lies, especially being the first week seeing all these teams, it was just yeah, it was that good feeling. We made it all the way through the, uh, pretty much the end of October to make it actually feel like fall. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Now, <laughs> yeah, yeah, full full Saturdays of uh, yard work and things avoided, as opposed to just you know portions of it when we, it's the games we want to really see. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we made we made it here. So let's start talking about the Badgers. Marlon played on Friday night. Uh, walloped an Illinois team, uh, forty-five to seven. Uh, actually, before we get in the, go- uh, how do you want to do this, Marlon? Do you want to talk about the game first? Let's talk about. It. Let's talk about the game. Let's talk. Let's okay. talk. Let's, we'll do the, let's do we'll positive. Do chronological order. The game yeah. start starts first. Badgers win forty-five to seven. Uh, I don't know about you, Marlon, but uh, everything I heard and read and uh, saw pregame was that you know this Illinois team is creeping up. In uh, on Wisconsin and the other teams in the West, and that Wisconsin's kind of taken a step back this year, and this should be a pretty close game. That was all I heard all week, and it was a hundred percent not that. That's yeah, I had the same feeling. I just I was pretty nervous, like you were saying before about this game, just because of all the unknowns. Didn't yep. know much about our team. Had heard yeah that Illinois yeah, was coming back. Obviously, they were the ones that stunned us last season. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of like, I don't know what, what, what to expect here. Um, and then that was, it was, it was, it was, it was erased. <laughs> okay. Let me say not, not that, not, not, not as quickly as I would like, but, um, we left no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Went on to win, uh, 45 to seven. Obviously the highlight of the game was Graham Mertz making his, uh, first start as a red shirt freshman, uh, finished the game, um, 20 of 21, uh, 248 yards, five touchdowns, zero interceptions, looked in complete control of the offense. Uh, a couple records he broke or tied here, Marlo, most touchdowns. Um, he had the, so he tied most touchdowns and most completions in a row uh, with, at 17, which I was surprised that the other person who did that was Tanner yeah. McAvoy. <laughs> Yeah, I was getting excited about that record until they told me who had it. I'm like, never mind. I don't yeah, care. <laughs> it's, it's not that, you know, if, if he had it, it can't yeah. be that significant, right? Uh, and then set the record for completion percentage uh, at whatever the, the 95% or whatever 20 out of 21 is. Um, 
get the stats department try to figure that one out. Um, but a, a, a record-setting day, amazing hype that came in with Graham Mertz, and at least in this game, he exceeded anything I had imagined that he was going to uh, produce. Yeah, I can just say we started out this podcast, I think it might have been episode two or three, where we broke the news he was committed to Wisconsin in his junior year. Um, and I just want to, I just want to be the first, we broke the news. We broke the news. <laughs> be, yeah, we broke the news to our fans. Uh, <laughs> so we'll be the, we'll be the first one to take all the credit for this. So, but I think the, the biggest thing I saw out of this, obviously we had the records, obviously, uh, with the touchdowns, but it was just watching him operate in, in the placement of balls and where he was looking and looking off, looking off, uh, looking off the secondary, you know, going to his second, second, third reads. That was a mm-hmm. part that that got me all the tingles inside. Yeah, I think as I kind of went through the game, uh, his two touchdowns to Ferguson. Ferguson was just wide open on, on play actions. A lot of his success obviously came off of play action, but it was those other plays that I was kind of honing in on. Uh, I mean, first off, going for it, uh, going for it on third and one down near the goal line uh, to run a play action with your red shirt freshman quarterback showed me that they have a lot of trust in his decision making, a lot of trust in his ability. Because if you, you know, if a different quarterback's in there, they're running that ball, right? They're trying to yeah. run it down Illinois' throat. They did play action. He had a nice, soft, uh, well placed ball to uh, Stocky, I believe it was, uh, for. Uh, the the first touchdown, um, and then some of the side. I, I remember one specific. I think it was prior a sideline throw, and then I think it was Danny Davis across the middle. A couple that that I just went. Those were he had to make a read. He had to make a throw, and he made it. While the touchdowns were great, don't get me wrong. The last one to Ferguson, uh, where he threw it kind of high and away from the defender. Ferguson went up and caught it. Was really good too. But you know the touchdowns were great, but. Those plays, drive extending plays, were one things that really stood out to me. Yeah, and you talk about having having those plays where the coach showed confidence in uh, in the offense in Mertz. I think uh, it was in the first quarter, or it was early in the game, going forward on on fourth down um, in their own territory. That yep. was that was uh, in making it, and then also um, at the right before the end of the half, where, we, where Wisconsin really opened up the game. Um, getting those two touchdowns in less than two minutes. How many times have we seen Wisconsin just being like, okay, we're up, we have the ball, we're just going to run this clock out. Yeah. And they just went for, uh, they just, you know, they kept attacking, got two scores within that like minute and a half period right before the half that really opened the game up. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, last point on Mertz I have, Marlo, is he picked up a couple nice first downs with his legs, which was encouraging to see. Uh, I think one was a 13-yard scamper. Uh, he had another one or two that that were pretty pretty good. It was good to see the mobility and his you know ability to roll out, make those plays as well. I mean, just really an all around game. And I mean, the hype was was high, Marlo, coming out of this game for Grand Marts. Other hype, I think, well deserved in this game goes to the defense uh, holding Illinois to 218 points. They didn't give up a point. The only points given up was on a uh, fumble by Jake Ferguson. Uh, Weird he, play. Yeah, he was seemed like he was reaching for the first down in a point where he didn't need to. Uh, ball just kind of squirts out. Illinois picks it up, runs it back for a touchdown. Um, a very weird play, and the only points Illinois got. 
Yeah, defense was uh, de- yeah, defense was solid, and I think it it kind of it got lost in obviously Mertz play and then uh, having that that defensive score for Illinois on the board, uh, which negates the sh- negates the shutout from the naked eye. Uh, but still, at the same time, Illinois really couldn't get anything going. The really only thing they had go well, that kind of hurt us a little bit was the running quarterback on yep. a couple of plays. They had some they had some chunk yardage there. Uh, but the second you played well, they couldn't get anything downfield, and uh, rushing uh, and then keeping keeping pressure on the quarterback constantly uh, played a big part in that. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, the, it was interesting though because there was pressure. We only had three sacks, which seems like a small number for a Wisconsin defense. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, it seemed like there was there was consistently people in uh, Peter's face uh, on on the regular. Um, I guess other thing to shout out on the defense is <laughs> Wild Goose did a great job guarding Illinois' top receiver, who I swear I was going to remember how to say. Um, Manchild. Imator Habebe? Habebe, yeah. Habebe. Got it. So he, um, He was the the person to shut down. He finished with three receptions for 26 yards. And I think a lot of the trouble Illinois got into is when their quarterback got pressured, when Peters got pressured, when uh, he didn't know what to do, he looked towards... A baby. A baby. (laughs) 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 He looked towards him, and he was covered. And that's where I think uh, the Illinois offense really broke down. And that was a great job by... By Wild Goose uh, there because he was matched up on him the whole game at least every time uh, if the whole most of the game if not the whole game at least every time that I saw a play being made so that was a great job by him so defense goes up zero points Marlowe I I think it's because of those long scrambles and this kind of leads me to some of the small worries I'm going to take away because Marlowe of course we can't just go through a game and feel good about ourselves we have to go nope. well I don't know let's look at these small little blemishes on this awesome game in you know. Look into them way too much that we start worrying ourselves. But the quarterback mobility of a Peters, who ended up with seven rushes for 75 yards, uh, his longest was a 31. But I think there was two, just a 31 yard and another big chunk one that was like, man, if we face a quarterback who is doing this more often, we might have a little bit of trouble. Yeah, that was my thought. And I, as I was thinking, you know, because like you said, something to worry about towards the end of the game, I was trying to go through our schedule and see who has a mobile quarterback. Um, We'll talk about a little bit. Michigan does. That's scary, yeah. uh, <laughs> and that that did put a little bit of worry as well into me. My big, well, my hypothetical worry. Yeah. Um. Maybe it's not hypothetical, but our run game did not look all that effective. Um. Our, yeah, our run game did not look all that effective uh, throughout the game, and. That makes me worry because I've, you know, obviously Graham had a, had a great game, was able to overcome that, and we're very used to having a, a run run first offense. I think mm-hmm. that's probably what Illinois prepared for uh, was a run was a run first offense. So I think my come out of that game is once if teams start to adjust for that and start pinning back the ears and coming after the quarterback if we're not able to get that run game going. Yeah, that was uh, I'm with you. That was my other small worry. Although then when I went. After the game, I went back and I looked at the stats, and we ended up rushing for 182 yards, so that's nothing to sneeze at. Yeah. Uh, although our long run was th- only 13. Uh, so I think we're we're just so accustomed, right, well, as this Wisconsin offense to, with Jonathan Taylor to pick up chunk 
yardage on runs, uh, and we just didn't. It didn't feel like that was happening throughout the game. I didn't see any many end arounds. Oh yeah, uh, which are normally other huge chunk plays. I guess we were kind of opening up the field with the passing game a little bit more, so that's a bit a bit different than uh, using those using those end arounds to open that up. Uh, but there were a lot of plays where like Watson or uh, Groshek or they were going into the line and they would like hit the hole like exceedingly quick and get yep. like five, six yards where I feel like Taylor would have kind of like been a little bit more patient, bounced it outside or cut the other way or, or, or something, been a little bit more patient in his decision-making. And I guess maybe it's because he has the ability to go from that, you know, I'm being patient to top speed a lot faster that this yeah. would be more effective. But there were a lot of times where I'm just like, oh, if Watson would have just cut right or Groshek would have just cut left in this instead of going the way that they did, this would have been a, a, a 15 to 20 yarder instead of the the six to seven yeah how many times you find yourself saying man if that was Wilson it would have been taken to the house because I did it at least four or five yeah (laughs) yeah so yeah we'll see um I I just think I I think the the run game will be there right we're going to keep running the ball we're we're Wisconsin right we we're gonna get 150 200 yards just how many carries is that going to take I think and how will we be able to sustain drives long enough to do that? I think with Mertz at quarterback, we would be able to because if, we, if we're if we getting, you know, third and twos and things consistently, I think Graham will be able to pick that up. Um, but it, we're not we're not going to be the same running offense, I think. I don't think that there's the talent at running back. These are very good running backs, don't get me wrong, but they're not, you know, what we've grown accustomed to at Wisconsin. So that's a little bit of a worry, but they're still, you know, yeah, it's quite a high bar and quite an expectation to have, which is probably unfair to these running backs that we have, mm. uh, this, the trio that we had in this game. Uh, and maybe we'll see some more Berger as the season goes on. We didn't see him today. Is he's? I assume he's not red-shirted, but probably just getting into the system, getting in the program. So maybe we'll see him later in the season. I don't know. Yeah. Um, um, should we talk about a big worry? Let's talk about the big worry, Marl. Big worry, the big one, which I, this is yeah. Let's talk about it. Um, so it was like not that long ago. I were, as I'm sure we were kind of mentally getting ready for this podcast. Um, it is there's been reported that Graham Mertz tested positive for COVID. Yeah. Um, so apparently they take the rapid test first, and then they have to take the swab, the no, the nasal swab. I forget what it's called. Uh, and they're waiting. I think it was them. abbreviated PRC. Yeah, PRC. Whatever that means. Just to confirm it. So they're still waiting on that to confirm it. And this is one of my hopes where this will get a confirmed negative by tomorrow. And this will all be for not because that's what happens with this podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but um, but yeah, that's that's it's. I don't know. I I when I saw it, I sent it to you right away. I think my whole life has started crumbling around me because um, I was so high on obviously the game and Mertz and, and excited to see this goes and the way the protocol works in the Big Ten, if it is positive, there's no practice, no play for twenty one days. Yeah, that's a bit much in my opinion. I understand the ca- I guess I can I can say I kind of understand the caution on it, but I don't really because that's there's no science behind twenty one days. I yeah. shouldn't say no science. That's a hard statement for me to make. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nothing I've read ha- in any protocol has said that you should do anything for 21 days. I've heard two weeks at the most, which is 
significant difference. Uh, yeah. So yeah, you're right. He had the 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 rapid test that came back positive, and now they send in the real the real one. Uh, not the other one's not real, but the more uh, effective one, the one that takes a little bit longer, the PRC one. If that's positive, then he he will be out. Although I don't know how Nick Saban got to like <laughs> test himself like three or four times yeah. uh, to to prove it was negative. But yeah, um, we gotta so get that Nick Nick Saban testing kit. Yeah, if I want to hold on to hope, Marlowe, I will hold on to. Um, we've seen other players test positive and then test negative. True, more so than we've. I think we've seen that more often than we've seen players test positive and then positive again. Agreed. Um, so I will hold out hope for that. Uh, I think this is a big worry, and this is kind of why even even the biggest Mertz fans, when they were like, yes, now Mertz gets to play when Jack Cohn got injured, this is why you want depth this yep. year more so than any year <laughs> True. if something like this happens. The university did say, Marlo, that, um, and I think we you were just reading this before we got on the podcast, that uh, none of the players who played on Friday's game tested positive before Friday. So they came out and, and kind of reassured people that they didn't let COVID players, people who tested COVID players, people <laughs> who tested positive for COVID play in Friday night's game. So I guess that would mean that Graham would have contracted it Saturday or today, which is possible but weird uh, <laughs> to do. Um, I would imagine that there would be some cel- some celebrations after the game yesterday, and that would be very disappointing if that's how it happened. Not in his – it would be unfortunate. I don't dis- – whatever. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Celebrate setting three school records in your first game. Um, so, yes, there's a very big worry. If he doesn't go for three weeks, that's Nebraska-Michigan. I honestly didn't even look beyond that because that stinks. Um, I have the schedule open. I could, I could Nebraska-Purdue-Michigan, right? Is it not? Oh, Michigan's the third one? Okay. Yeah. So Nebraska-Purdue-Michigan, he would miss. Uh, then we would have uh, Van and Boom or Wolf. Chase Wolf would probably get the start. I think almost more than likely would get the start in Graham Mertz's absence. absence. Uh, still, I mean, if you would have told me this, a week ago, right? If he if he would have tested positive a week ago, and it's yeah. like, oh, Wolf Chase Wolf is starting, I would have gone like, oh, cool. okay, yeah. you know, that's that's fine. I didn't know what Graham Mertz was, but now I'm like, my <laughs> hair's on fire because Graham Mertz is the best quarterback I've seen since Russell Wilson. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I think I forgot that for, I forgot who tweeted it, so I can give him credit. But um, I think we forgot to talk about like all the, the Twitter went crazy when Graham when Mertz was playing. But uh, the best tweet I saw was uh, Graham Mertz. Is way too talented of a quarterback to win the quarterback starting job at Wisconsin, um, and that's that pretty much <laughs> yeah. sums it up in a heartbeat. Like how it feels. Like yes, we finally got like a quarterback that's worth worth talking about or being hyped about, and now you're trying to take it away for you for three games, which you know honestly two. I mean two are pretty. I mean, they're the two two significant games in that three game stretch. Yeah, I would I would argue we should still win Nebraska Purdue. Okay. I don't know. I need to see what she, I guess I would argue we could still win them. I shouldn't sure. say should. Right. Michigan would be a taller order uh because they, we'll talk about them in a little bit here. So, yeah. That's our big worry, Marlo. Let's hope it's negative. If it is positive, let's hope for a fast recovery and um for for Graham Mertz, I I'm calling him Graham already. Like I know, yeah, like I it's know Graham. No, John, I told you, we've known, well, this has been our boy for for lifelong yeah, of this since, podcast since the start of the podcast. <laughs> He's the reason we started the podcast. Yeah. 
All right, next week we uh, kind of already let, let into it, Marlo. We're at, is that anything else on Grimmert's no. play or COVID? Or? No. Man. I, like his, I like his cockiness, not going to lie. He's a cocky kid. I like him. Yeah. Then after the game, in his interview, he said all he does all the right things, but in a like very cocky way. I know, I know, <laughs> I'm saying the right things kind of way. Well, he does the humble brag. He does the humble brag when they talked about the Mahomes tweet, and he's like, "Oh yeah, we like we we trained during during quarantine or whatever." Yeah, <laughs> no big deal. No big deal. He makes he's he he makes five hundred million dollars. No big deal. <laughs> no big deal. Uh, all right, other, uh, next week at Nebraska. Did we already say this? Did we already talk about Nebraska? Let's look at Nebraska. No, we have that. Um, all right, good, because I went back. That's yep. right. Um, so Nebraska coming off a closer than expected first one and a half quarters, then getting blown yeah. out by Ohio State like we all thought they would. <laughs> um, they have two players who got called for targeting in the second half that I think were pretty – Pretty tough calls in their secondary. They're going to be out for the first half against Wisconsin. Who knows how much will be throwing the ball in the first <laughs> half. But uh, all signs point to Nebraska's not back. Yes. it's un- I guess it's unfair to just say off of a game against Ohio State. I don't know. They they got two quarterbacks, which, which you know what that means, Koisey? They have yeah. zero. They have zero quarterbacks. Uh, this one, not named Martinez, is very confusing. <laughs> new one. Uh, Luke McCaffrey is it? Is it Luke? Yeah, yeah it's Luke McCaffrey. McCaffrey boy. It's, it's Ed uh, Ed McCaffrey's son. Uh, what's the? Oh my God, Running Christian back. McCaffrey's Christian, brother. Geez. Yeah, I couldn't couldn't think of that. Uh, <laughs> but he's also their best running back. Clearly, yes. It would be. I could see him getting lots of running yards against Wisconsin, <laughs> based yeah. on how Peters did. Uh, so that's that's a bit of a worry, but. I think Nebraska's offense is not their issue, right? They should have an okay offense. It's as it's been for since they've joined the Big Ten. It's their defense. Their defense did but not. Their black seem like, shirts. The black shirts, yeah. <laughs> uh, their defense couldn't stop anybody last year. They couldn't stop Ohio State again. A tall order, but uh, they just kind of look lost out there at times. Um, so I. Looking ahead, I expect to be whether whomever is playing quarterback. I expect that we will be able to run the ball against Nebraska, and we I think we're going to give up points. We're going to give up more than zero points by our defense in this game. Um, but I think that it, in the end, it, our off their defense will give up more points than our defense, and we'll win the game. Is that that Got seemed it. like a really stupid way to explain that? No, I, I like it. I, I like the explanation. Um, yeah, I mean, well, I like the Brad. I think, yeah, like you said, the first quarter and in the first quarter of the the first quarter of the second quarter, they looked like they looked pretty good, and I couldn't tell if that was Ohio. It seemed like more more so Ohio State was out of sync. Um, yeah, but Nebraska was bringing it to them uh, a little bit there. But then, yeah, you're right. Then all of a sudden, the wheels fell off. Couldn't stop anybody. Uh, couldn't move the ball once they uh, once they figured out that all they do is all they can do is run the quarterback and. To that point, yeah, I never will ever trust the Nebraska defense. Um, <laughs> just, just not going to happen. So I could see a world where even worst case scenario, uh, starting next week, that it might just be a boring, boring slow down game, but still able to come out victorious. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I, I just I'm looking at the stats from the Nebraska game. Um, 
Martinez had 85 yards rushing. He was their leading rusher. Mm. Just, I in thinking back to last year, I know we won pretty easily against Nebraska last year, but they got a lot of quarterback rushing yards. And yep. while we have great linebackers stopping rushing quarterback, in the past we've had great linebackers stopping rushing quarterbacks. Doesn't seem to be our forte. And I... I'm do, I'm already doing the worry thing. I'm already doing. The worry thing. <laughs> he's, I'm, already, I'm do, he's already. He's already doing there. it in my head right now. Um, but at the, I'm just going to go back to at the end of the day. I think that their defense will stink more than our offense will without Grammarts. Agreed. Agreed. If that, then that's again worst case scenario. So yeah, that's what I'm going to go with. Um, we're heavy favorites. I don't know if it that changes without uh, like if the calculation or or spread changes if Mertz does or doesn't play but I still would have to think that we would be favorites even with Chase Wolf in a quarterback um all right other NCAA football this week Marlo Big Ten baby I mean the Big Ten was back all the other games sucked (laughs) 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 at least I honestly like I was not interested in literally any of the other games outside of the Big Ten so this segment's gonna be a little Big Ten heavy uh I was super hyped for Michigan-Minnesota. I was really, really ready to root against Minnesota. Um, and that kind of went my way <laughs> in the end. Uh, Minnesota ends up losing, uh, or rather Michigan, I guess you could say, ends up winning 49-24. Um, speaking of bad defenses, Minnesota couldn't stop anything. Can't stop a uh, nosebleed. And they need to – their kicker, who is mysteriously absent – and they just kicked off every kick. I okay, hold on. I, that's a whole other thing I need to get into. Mm. Uh, so going into this game, I was very worried that Minnesota was going to win because I don't like when Minnesota's good. Yeah. Uh, and when they blocked the punt, yep. Early in the game, I went, "Oh no, it's going to be one of these games." <laughs> <laughs> like all the stupid crap is going to go Minnesota's way, and they're going to pull out a win in a game that they they shouldn't they don't deserve to win in my opinion. Uh, but that was really the only thing that went their way. I think everything switched when P.J. Fleck called the stupidest fake punt since uh, that one stupid one where the Colts tried to do it against the <laughs> Patriots. <laughs> yeah. Because um, that had no no chance. No chance. Uh, it was a bad time to call it. It was a bad play, uh, uh, play design as it worked out. Uh, absolutely terrible. And then uh, Minnesota's defense just could not stop Michigan at all on the ground. Yeah, they pulled the they pulled what Nebraska did. They started off the game kind of hot. I was like, uh-oh, is, is Minnesota good and is Michigan, Michigan going to be under underwhelming again? But yeah. that quickly got turned around. Um, it was mostly because, as, as, the, as they pointed out towards the end of the game, uh, Harbaugh is was not wearing khaki pants. Uh, he, yeah, he had on the blue pants, so that was a big game changer of the game. Um, <laughs> but but Michigan looks slick. Look at Michigan slick, and I I always get you know again hoping that Minnesota is just that bad. I get kind of worried buying into Michigan as they were high coming in last year when they came into Camp Randall and we put a big goose egg on them um, coming through. But you know it was a fun it was a fun game. It was, yeah. I, I maligned Minnesota's defense. Michigan's wasn't great. They gave up 24 points, um, 130 yards rushing, 200 yards passing. It 
I don't know. It's weird because at the same time, like I'm like, oh, maybe this was closer, but the game didn't feel, ever feel close. It felt no. like that Alabama game against Ole Miss, except a little bit wider spread. Like, yeah, Minnesota kept scoring, but I never thought they were going to win. I never thought Minnesota was going to threaten after Michigan went up by two scores. Yeah. It, they just didn't seem like they could they could stop. Anyway, I think that's the question coming in for Minnesota this year, right? They have Tanner Morgan back. They have Ibrahim back. They have uh, Bateman back. They have a lot of the offense back, but a lot of their defense. Uh, I think the Packers drafted a middle linebacker out of Minnesota. Anyway, uh, <laughs> a lot of their defense was, was rotated, uh, and uh, I don't think they have – in this game, it did seem like they've replaced enough. So, uh, I mean, I hope that continues. That was the most interesting game to me. Uh, the biggest upset of the weekend, uh, which we did not put on upset alert, Marlo. So ignore our upset alerts from last week, please. Um, but listen to the ones we're going to do in a little bit because yeah. those are totally going to happen. Um, Indiana upsets Penn State. Uh, Indiana had a, I don't know, what do you want to say, two-score margin right through the first half. In into the fourth quarter, uh, Penn State comes back, takes the lead, goes up eight. Indiana ties it and then wins. Were they up eight or seven? Whatever. Indiana ties it, forces overtime, and they go for it on the two point conversion and get it. Yeah, maybe. Well, yeah, and then to to get it to overtime, Penn State had the ball and Indiana let Penn State score. I forget the running back's name, but they were telling him not to, and then he did anyways. So they were able to tie it, going overtime, and then yeah, I don't know. Are we talking? Should we talk about this? This has been the big. This has been the big debate. Was that a? Was that considered a? Uh, well, a touchdown or whatever. Um, yeah. Different camera angles, different different stories. What is your take? Uh, I think you in that you have to stay with the call in the field. They yeah. called it because I don't know. I honestly don't know. <laughs> this is why we need goal line technology uh, yeah. for plays like this where we can freeze it when. Because the argument is right that. So obviously the ball hit the ground before it hit the pylon. That's yeah. clear. But did any part of the ball cross the goal line, the 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 pain or whatever they call it, of, yeah. of the goal line? Just, has um, to get just a tip. Just the tip. Did the tip get in? I don't know. Um, but I think it was close enough that you have to let it stand, and they called it on the field because they hit the pylon over, and that's why they called it on the field. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a great call. I loved go- Indiana going for it. Oh, yeah. Uh, this was oh, – I had stats for it. Well, this is their first win in 41 games against a top-10 team. Finally get it done. I think it was like 72 that the last one happened, they said. Uh, against a number nine Ohio State team, I remember that part, but not the year. Um, and the current one, Marlo, if you didn't see this, uh, is sixty-three games. Wake Forest has faced sixty-three top ten teams without winning. So Gross. Indiana was second on that list. Yeah, and now I no longer are. Um, at the end of the day, Penn State lost this. It shouldn't have come down to that that call. Uh, they allowed. They allowed Indiana to stay in the lead for longer than they should have. I guess that's a weird way to say it. Uh, they didn't wake up in the game because yep. presumably they're the better team, right? They should have not been in this position. Uh, they allow they took the lead and then allowed Indiana to score, and then they allowed Indiana to score in overtime. It comes down to that, but it comes down to a lot of other things. I would not be saying this if this was Wisconsin in this game, but... <laughs> 
the way I'm looking at it, Penn State put themselves in that position to let it be, is it in or not, conversation. Uh, so I don't have too much heartache for them. If it was if it was Wisconsin, it's F and BS and yeah, it's, uh, there needs to it. be uh, like the Senate needs to get involved or something. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what do you think? Do you think it was a, a touchdown? And I, I mean, obviously, it's easy to say I like going for two because they got it, but right. like, I liked in the moment it go, them going for two. Yeah, I, the thing is that yeah, I think to to your point is right. Like when I saw it in real time, I thought I was like, oh, it's a touchdown. Why are we reviewing it? And then when I caught it, like I said, I saw this couple angles. I was like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. I can't tell. So you have to yeah, you have to stick with the call in the field. So. I like to I like to say if you see it in, in plays like that, like if it's in real time, it looks like that. You got just I go with that, right? right. Um, don't want to, you know. I feel like if you slow down anything, you can kind of make the story whatever you want. Yeah, so yeah, but that was exciting. Uh, Indiana's a football school now. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Indiana, the football school. Uh, yeah, so I, I guess I want to expand a little bit on why I like going for it there because I, I don't I don't think that I did. Um, so they were going second. It was the it was the first overtime. So then Penn State they would have to stay on the field and try and score again. And then Penn State would go second. So you lose a little bit of advantage there. I like when you're. I mean, they were at home in this game, right? Which doesn't really matter without fans, but it kind of does. So you're at home. You're the underdog. I think it's. Your chance of scoring on that two-point conversion, let's say, is 50%. It might be a little bit lower because you're Indiana, so let's say 40%. <laughs> it's your, I, I think it's less than 40% chance that you outscore Penn State in the next drive. So I li- I really like going for that. That was kind of my analytical way of trying to not, – that's not well, real you. analytics. You're an analytics guy. That's just me trying – The Casey-lytics. I want the underdogs to, I want the underdogs to go for it more often in situations like this. And maybe Indiana maybe winning – well, they won, but maybe get, <laughs> converting um, will help them do that. Uh, only other really important thing – I guess two things stood out to me. One, uh, Notre Dame had a statement game. They came out what after looking fuck? like crap against Louisville yeah. uh, a week ago, came out, and they just waxed Pittsburgh. I didn't watch this game because I'm boycotting Pittsburgh's uniforms. I just don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't watch any of it. But they well, they went like 48-3. to three. I don't even want to look it up. I can hit this button and, and see. Uh, something like that. Uh, so they 45-3. to three. They might be for real? Maybe. I'm still not ready to give it. I thought I watched most of that game. I think Pittsburgh just not a good football team. Um, I think I got tricked when they played Syracuse, and they both just sucked. Yeah, yeah. And I thought maybe they were both just okay. Right. So, yeah, I, like everybody, I'm circling. I think it's not – see how I think it's second weekend in November, whatever. They play – Yeah. They play Clemson's Clemson. Coming Clemson's coming up. And then that will that will put everything straight. Yeah. Uh, I got – okay, I have two more things now, starting now. Uh, Ooh, Oklahoma State starting looks now. like I have clear favorite to win the Big 12. Literally their only hope to get in the playoff, so – that's an interesting storyline to keep watching. And then uh, Jalen Waddle got hurt, and that sucks. Oh, yeah, that sucks. That sucks. Opening kickoff, as much, as much as I don't like when Alabama does well, yeah, I really like watching their wide receivers like just 
they're so good. <laughs> it's just they're so it's so fun to watch them play. And he was the their best one this year, and he is out now for the season. So yeah, but somehow that's going to work out for you because he's going to fall in the draft down to the Packers. The Packers can give him the first round. It's dumb. Oh, that'd be nice. Um, he's not going to fall that far. <laughs> We're going to the Super Bowl. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got the 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 ugliest game of the week came out of the Big Ten. Did you see this? Michigan State and Rutgers. There were oh now yeah. what I don't I think we're I think we're looking at this game slightly different Marlo. are you there were ten turnovers ten total turnovers in that game seven of which came from Michigan State I was gonna say I play Michigan State for that <laughs> uh, and I am uh, well we'll talk about let me just say we're gonna talk about Rutgers in a little bit okay okay I did I watched I watched that until Rutgers put it away and then I think I went to the end of the was it Ole Miss Auburn game that was Interesting at the end. I think I watched the end of that instead of the end of, the end of that one. So I didn't watch much of it. Yeah, <clears throat> but I did. Uh, I did see a little bit where Rutgers put the game away. Uh, and we'll talk about more in a little bit. I'm going to tease it oh. uh, as we look ahead to next week, Marlo. Next week, week nine of college football. Very sure. Weird. <laughs> I think so. First of all, Pac-12 still not back. <laughs> still not. Very back. confused. <laughs> Uh, you know, I want to be eating my breakfast and watching Pac-12 football as they're playing at 8 o'clock in the morning, whatever the hell they're going to do on their local time. Yeah. Um, that's very confusing. So let, let's just do a quick game of the week. Uh, and is it still Ohio State-Penn State? I, I guess it has to be. It, it, just, it just lost a little luster with the, uh, with the Penn State loss we just talked about. Um, but it still is the game of the week, and it's a, now it becomes a must-win for Penn State. Uh, more so than Ohio State, but it's two ranked versus ranked. Ohio State, like we talked about, looks good as always. Penn State, was it just a bad game? Uh, was it just looking ahead to Ohio State again? I don't know. And then we're, gonna, we're definitely going to find out come Saturday yeah. night. Obviously, very worried for Penn State because <laughs> of how they weren't able to put away Indiana uh, and how much Ohio State just looks like they're in that top three conversation, right? Or top yeah. four. They're in, they're in that playoff conversation. They just look more talented than a lot of these other teams that, that we've been watching. Um, you mentioned this before the broadcast, Mo, so I'll give you a, a little broadcast, a little bit before <laughs> we recorded. Uh, same thing happened last year, right? With Penn State uh, looking ahead a little bit. We think. We didn't go back and look, but we're going to act I'm going like to get it. I'm going to say it's true. Uh, where... They looked ahead, lost the week before Ohio State, uh, and that happens again. There was a lot of, um, you know, opening week, you're playing Big Ten teams conversation, like watch out, it could get crazy. And really, this was the only, the Indiana game was the only one that was crazy. Yeah. I guess Wisconsin crushing Illinois was a bit crazy, but a bit surprising. Still, we were expected to win. I mean, we're 20 point favorites. Yeah. I guess, so, I, I don't know, it was Rutgers beating Minnesota, or Michigan State? Graciano's return to the I don't know that that was fluky, though. I think Michigan State's really bad. Yeah, that too. I agree. Uh, I And I think Rutgers might be a okay team, which leads me to my most interesting game of the week. That's not Ohio State, Penn State. The one I'm looking at, because I'm super hyped up on Big Ten football. Yep. Indiana, 17th ranked Indiana at Rutgers. I 
I'm really interested in this game. <laughs> I want to see both because there's a chance both these teams are bad, mm-hmm. but there's also a chance that both these teams are good. And in that case, I really want to watch this game and see what happens. <laughs> Rutgers put up points at a clip that I had never seen Rutgers do since joining the Big Ten, perhaps even ever, because I don't really remember watching the Rutgers game outside of the Big Ten. Yeah. Indiana beat a uh, top 10 ranked Penn State team. It could be good. It could be good. It could be a Sneaky good. Sneaky good. Sneaky, sneaky good. I'm just... I think I'm just talking myself into it, but that's literally the only other game I'm interested in. <laughs> the slate sucks next week. Uh, I think uh, there's no other ranked first ranked teams, but I'm so focused on the Big Ten right now. I was so excited to have it back. Like I was, just, I was watching Iowa Purdue in the afternoon slot, and it's like these two teams. Neither of them are ranked. Neither of them are should be particularly good, but like. I just want to see what Big Ten teams are like right now. Agreed. Uh, so. Yeah, that was a big thing. You know what? I was really kind of disappointed. In? I don't know if I was disappointed, with, but I was surprised. Like a uh, little Tua, not a good start <laughs> at Maryland. Um, that was not a good showing. I mean, not, yeah, not a good showing against Northwestern. Uh, I guess if we if we the only thing I just saw this outside the Big Ten, uh, Texas playing Oklahoma State. So yeah. I, I think Oklahoma State has to be kind of a. On the radar, uh, just to it, until they lose, you got to put Oklahoma State on the radar until they lose. So they got Texas next week. Oklahoma, Texas Tech. I don't know. I'm looking. I'm looking at this. Like, am I going to put this in my upset alert? God, I don't want to put faith in Texas though. <laughs> All right, uh, that is games of the week. I guess. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, Maryland playing Minnesota on Friday, Marlo. Oof. So you can you can tune. We in have a Friday game every game. Is that is that the way it's going to work, Big Ten? I don't know. I didn't look that far ahead, Marlo. I okay, bar- just... I barely looked ahead to next week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to assume there's every Friday night every night, every game. And every you game. and you want you want me to go there? Oh, no, he, I yeah, don't. He, uh, oof, yeah, uh, little Tua uh, <laughs> went 1425, 94 yards, three interceptions. Yeah, not good. I uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't know it was that. Oh, they lost forty-three to three. I was distracted, Marlo. I was I, I honestly forgot that game happened <laughs> because I was so into Michigan, Minnesota. Yeah. Um so that's my that's my bad. I'll take, you know I'll take uh I was gonna say credit. What's the opposite of credit? I'll take the opposite of credit for that. All right. <laughs> that's next week. Straight cash. Upset alerts. Any upset alerts you want to toss out there, Marlo, as we exit college football. Upset alert. I mean, do we put do we put Ohio State upset alert? Is, is no. Penn State pissed? Are they mad? That'd be great. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I'll put Oklahoma because they're ranked 24. They got ranked again. They got ranked again, so it's yeah. about time for them to lose. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'm going to do this until it happens. I'm putting Cincinnati on upset alert. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> Come on, Memphis. Memphis. Uh, scored a lot of points last week. I think they won. They did. They won forty-one to twenty-nine. They score points, Marlo. You That's know what they do, baby. Score points. You know what Cincinnati does? I have no idea, but they keep winning, and I keep wanting them to lose. So I'm gonna put them on upset alert. They beat SMU forty-two to 12, thirteen. Oh, that's right. I almost said that they were for real after this game, but no, I'm not saying they're for real. I'm putting them back in upset alert. <laughs> there we go. There it is. Probably Indiana at Rutgers too. Mark it down. Yeah, mark it down. 
the favorite right. the favorite part about these this upset alerts we we always get to saturday and we're like did we pick this upset i don't remember that's the best yeah <laughs> i gotta write them down i'm gonna try and write them down but i'm gonna keep talking so i'm not gonna write them down so uh <laughs> something i noticed this week Marlo, uh that I, I never noticed before why is it called a personal file Ooh. why is it called because per- the file is person like it's for that person like it's a gentleman, like this is personal now. Every <laughs> foul is on somebody. Like it, it, they always say say the number. It's like personal. Like how dare you, sir? Slap. <laughs> this is personal now. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. But I don't know what deep. else it should be. <laughs> that was deep. That was weird. what was the other thing I thought? Dang it! I already forgot about it. All right, there we go. That was that was me thinking about college football. What they call it a personal foul. <laughs> Because, like, holding is a personal. It's like, I'm, you know, 70 of the offense. This is a left guard. He held. But it's a personal foul. I don't get it. It sounds good. Yeah. You know it's bad. What does they say personal? Yeah. I'm taking this personal, sir. How dare you? <laughs> uh, all right. On to the NFL, Marlo. I'll start with the Packers this week because your Bears haven't played yet. Packers win pretty comfortably, although the Texans, or uh, rather the Packers, I guess, the way I view it, uh, made it a little bit more interesting at the end than they had to. Um, Packers winning 35-20. to 20. The story of this game was essentially that the Texans could not guard Devontae Adams. Uh, at one point in the second quarter, they said they're going to start doubling Devontae Adams. At that point, he already had 115 yards <laughs> receiving. And I was <laughs> thinking, like, maybe you should have tried this already. And they said that on the broadcast, but I'm not sure that they actually ended up doing it in the game. <laughs> with 13 catches, 195 yards, two touchdowns. He was making plays all over the place, and you can sit here and say Aaron Rodgers has had a good day, which he did. That's true. But his day was basically fine. Well, he had that one amazing pass where he just dropped it right over the shoulder <laughs> on Devontae Adams. <clears throat> but other than that, it was Devontae Adams getting open in space and making the Texans' defense pay. Uh, it was very sad watching J.J. Watt play against the Packers. He was very frustrated, visibly frustrated all game. That made me sad a little bit. Um, that was, I think, the, the story of the offense. The defense was either good or the Texans' offense is really bad because it's basically uh, Watson running for his life. It, that's about it. And anytime they did anything good, it was because Watson broke contain, got to the outside and ran or made a throw out of can, uh, out of the pocket. And that was the only time they did anything good. Uh, so I kind of, part of me just, part of me wants to be like, all right, Packers defense, you know, did that. But they're one and six, right? <laughs> they, they can't be. They can't be too good on offense. Uh, Jair Alexander had a great game because uh, I don't remember seeing his name at all. And if that happens as a cornerback, that is a good game. Um, all right, just blowing through these, Marlo. Next one. Uh, do you, Marlo? Is there a team you trust less to recover an onside kick attempt than the Packers? Because <laughs> there's not a team I trust less. You've had your fair share of. Big time onside kicks. Yeah, uh, this. I mean, this one obviously didn't come back to hurt. They threw an interception, or it wasn't an interception. It was a fumble uh, uh, on the play after two plays after. So it didn't end up mattering. It probably wouldn't have mattered anyway because it was thirty-five to twenty at the time. Um, but just once again, Packers special teams seemingly incapable of recovering an onside kick. That's it for this week, Marley. Do you have anything to say about the Packers Texans game today? 
No, I just wish they could cover. I wish the Texans could cover somebody. Um, like you said, there's like they should have started covering Devontae Adams, but just never happened. So Packers back, whatever. Yeah, in this game, it felt it felt like a kind of a microcosm of Wisconsin, right? Because so Wisconsin, the running game, excuse me, felt like Wisconsin. Like we had a good running game, Jamal Adam, Jamal Williams, excuse me was good and did well, just like Wisconsin was good and did well on the running game. But we were missing Aaron Jones, and Aaron Jones probably would have made a couple of those plays where Adams got seven. He probably would have got 20, you know, and bounced it out or something like that. So there's a microcosm of that in this game as well. Um, Next week, Packers face the Vikings for the second time, which seems weird that we're already playing the Vikings for the second time. Uh, We haven't played the Bears yet, so... Uh, that's a little weird. Uh, and the Vikings are tanking, Marlo. What are they? What are they you doing? Take it they for traded? Lawrence. They. Oh God, we talked. We. You know. <laughs> they traded. Uh, they traded the guy they got from Jacksonville, right? That same, the edge rusher. Yeah. They traded somebody. Whatever. And that was my first thought: is Oh my God, we just talked about them getting Trevor Lawrence, and that would be the absolute worst. Uh, I doubt Dalvin Cook's going to see the field anytime soon. They're going to take that uh, very uh, cautiously. Um, I mean, that said, I'm not putting the past the Vikings to compete, but it seems like they're kind of making moves in a we're fold up the tent this year. All right. Well, we had some exciting finishes outside the Packers in the NFL uh, this week. Marlo, we had the uh, Browns scoring with, I think, 11 seconds left uh, to beat the Bengals. The Titans missing a field goal as time expired to lose to the Steelers, or I think it was 14 seconds left, whatever. And then the Lions winning as time expired against the Falcons. Marlo, anything uh, stand out to you in those games other than, hey, we had three really exciting ones at the end of the game? Three exciting games. Uh, Browns, Bengals, the back and forth in the fourth quarter. I think they had five lead changes in the fourth quarter alone. Um, Baker Mayfield and Joe Burrow. I don't know what it is. I, I haven't sat down and watched a full Bengals game. Uh, but it seems like Joe Burrows is playing well and just can't get a win. And especially well in the, in the, fourth, in the, uh, yeah, in the fourth quarters. And, but yeah, I think t- t- his stats today were, were kind of wild. He had what he thought was the game-winning touchdown until uh, Big Mayfield threw that ball to Peoples-Jones in the corner of the end zone, which was a hell of a catch. Yeah. Yeah, I think Joe Burrow's legit. Uh, he just needs to get pieces pieces around him. Uh, I was very surprised that, given the way that this game started, uh, Baker Mayfield, Mayfield 0 for 5 with an interception, that he turned it around because it seems so often that he just kind of, he's either there or he's not. Yeah. Uh, and it seemed like he wasn't there, but then was able to turn that around. Uh, Steelers-Titans game was really weird, just in that the Steelers seemed like they were waxing Titans and then started to turn the ball over. Titans got back in the game. It didn't feel like the Texans... The Texans. The Titans should have had a shot to tie that game, but there they were with a shot to tie. Because uh, I was looking at this game going... <clears throat> with the Steelers up big, they're up, what was it, 24-7, 27-7, something like that. And I thought, okay, the Steelers are legit and the Titans aren't. Like, Steelers are, are title contenders up there with the Chiefs. And now I don't know because the Titans were able to come all the way back. Uh, and then Lions, 
The Falcons out Falcon the Lions. <laughs> oh yeah, no, fantastic. Yeah, Lions, they can actually have some nice things. What a what a battle of who's gonna let this one go in the Titans and <laughs> I mean the uh, Falcons and Lions game. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely absolutely ridiculous. Uh Lions at three and three, Marlo. Yeah. I, you better watch out. I better watch out. You You're better watch out. Better watch out. Matt Stafford, that crazy, <laughs> right? <Like> crazy. <laughs> but yeah, three and three Lions are. I, so I don't think they'll win the division or or really compete for it. But could chase that. You know, I I I don't. I just I don't know what this expanded playoffs is necessarily going to look like down the stretch in the as far as wild card bursts and stuff. So. They could uh, get themselves into that, I think. We'll see. We will see. Uh, otherwise, other than that, it was a lot of fun. Uh, well, first of all, the biggest uh, LOL this week was the Cowboys getting waxed by the Washington football team. Um, I just don't even, I don't even know what to say anymore at this point about the Cowboys, Marlon. They are hilariously bad they're bad um i mean annie dalton got murdered on the field which didn't help but um but yeah not a good not a good football team (laughs) not even i mean the washington football team not a great team and they just rolled all over dallas didn't even like didn't even bother saying hello or taking names they just rolled all over dallas uh, that whole division's a mess. Someone's gonna yeah. get in the playoffs with like a five and ten record or five and eleven record, excuse me. Um, and it's gonna be hilarious. It will be hilarious. <laughs> I think two weeks ago I said, "Hey, Andy Dalton's gonna come in and be a serviceable, serviceable replacement, a serviceable quarterback." Uh, I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he is not. He is yeah. not good. Uh, I which I don't. I can't understand why but uh outside of just him being bad like it's i can't blame on anything else other than him i guess is what i'm trying to say uh not being good because all the pieces are there um for him to be good a little bit of the packer fan in me is enjoying mike mccarthy just looking like he doesn't know how to coach a football team because <laughs> that's how it felt sometimes in green bay and me being the homer that i am would defend him but now that I'm on the other side, uh, it, it gives me a little bit of uh, joy that that's how uh, poorly it's going for him there. Yeah. Uh, and in the other NFL East game, Marla was absolutely hilarious in how terrible it was. <laughs> on Thursday night, we got to see the Giants play the Eagles. Uh, one of the funniest plays of the year when uh, Daniel Jones running for a what would have been like an 80-yard touchdown got yeah. caught by the turf monster. Or got tired and fell over. I'm not sure which. Uh, and <laughs> All then alone. The, the Eagles look crappy for three and a half quarters, and then Carson Wentz turns into fourth quarter Carson Wentz, who is a completely different player than the other three quarters, and uh, leads them back. Very terrible game. <laughs> does Daniel Jones Daniel Jones trip? Does that now surpass Mark Sanchez butt fumble? No, the butt fumble still. They sh- <laughs> I saw the butt fumble recently. Yeah, like I've seen the butt fumble. <laughs> but I saw it again recently for the first time in I don't know how long, and I was laughing out loud again. 
It's so funny. And look, he was running faster than Lamar Jackson was run all year in a game. He just kind of he just kind of sped himself up a little too much. You know, the, the tires got a little loose and he fell over. He just uh, fell over. Oh, no, I could. It was, it was absolutely hilarious. I don't think that's more embarrassing than the bubble. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't seen it in a while out there, go look it up. It is funnier than I remember. It's just never forget. <laughs> never forget. So great. So great. Uh but it's it's for sure up there, I think, in the you know, with the fumbling on the goal line, you know, Leon let DK Metcalf type plays. Uh who was the was it a Chiefs guy who just dropped it on the goal line that one time? Like he was celebrating already and he dropped it. It's up there with those types of things, but the butt fumble is still in a class of its own. Um all right, let's. Uh, we've gone so long, Marlo. We haven't talked about the Bears. I guess that's because they haven't played they this haven't week. Played. But <clears throat> they play tomorrow. They play Monday night against the Rams, and the next week at the Saints. Marlo, what are your expectations? What are you looking forward to, or not looking forward to, this week for the Bears? Yeah, it's a tough two-week stretch here um, against the Rams at SoFi Field, the, one of the most majestic fields ever made. Our most majestic stadiums ever made in the history of mankind, apparently. Five billion dollars. <laughs> Five billion dollars. Um, a lot's going to be talked about, even though I was like two years ago at this point, where it, the Rams game where the defense shut down McVay's offense. I don't yeah. think that's the same going to be the case here, but it will be. I think it should be a uh, it should be a good game. I don't know. I I'm, I don't know what the outcome is. All I know is we can't lose both, and I'm scared of that. Mm. Between the Monday night and the Thursday night, I know you know Saints are. Uh, they kind of, Saints are so up and down. I can't get a a read on them. Uh, not even from game to game, but like within the game. And but I think we have a decent shot of coming out of here one and one um, through this two this two game stretch, prime time stretch. Yeah, primetime stretch. Yeah, I think it's a tough lineup. Is Khalil Mack, I saw he left with uh, some back pain. Is he okay? Yeah, they say he's going to play. Um, okay. Yeah, he's not. He's, they say he's going to play. Just It's kind of what can he what can he deal with. But he's been looking like, I mean, he's been looking like the old Khalil Mack. Mm-hmm. Uh, Getting in on getting in on sacks and just just destroying linemen and throwing them all over the place. So we'll see. Yeah, I think this is. I think the Bears Rams. We might have talked about this last week. This is kind of a for real game for me, right? Are the Bears for real? The Rams for real? Let's see how this goes. Yeah. Uh, and the Saints. I can't. So ho- hopefully, if you're not a Bears fan, uh, Michael Thomas will be back in that for that game. That might add another dimension to. Uh, why is Arizona running the ball? They're down 10 points. Uh, <laughs> might add another dimension, help this Saints team out. But right now, this t- the Saints f- just feel like a team who is doing just enough to win, but they can't do much more than that. And that's fine when you play Carolina and, you know, Atlanta or whoever. But when you're playing actual good teams, and we'll see on Monday if the Bears are actually a good team. That's tough it's a jerk thing to say whatever um for a minute there i thought you were giving the bears props it might i realized you weren't (laughs) it might be uh it might not be enough to beat a good team does that make sense 
Yep. Uh, so I'm. I, I don't know. The Saints just like. I don't know. In my head, they're still the Saints of the last three to four years, but I'm starting to think maybe they're not those Saints anymore, and they're a little bit below that that level. They can still win games, they can still eat games out, but they're not doing it as often or as well as they used to. I think that's a fair statement. I think that's fair. I think that's very well put, Casey. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. We should have a podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so that's the Bears next week. Uh, anything else interest you as we look at next week's NFL slate? I'll throw out the the primetime games. They're, they're all terrible. Uh, <laughs> Thursday night is Atlanta, Carolina, so at least that's going to be interesting, right? If not, It's not necessarily going to be good, but Atlanta's involved, so it's got to be interesting. Uh, Dallas-Philadelphia is a Sunday night game. Maybe they can flex that like they did the Tampa-Oakland game this week. Uh, and then Monday is Tampa and New York Giants. Um, I don't love any of those games, Marlo. Any of those excite you, or is there something else that you are interested in watching next week? Steelers-Baltimore, Steelers-Ravens, part two. Throughout the records, these two Throughout teams the records, these two division teams, rivals. Division rivals, these two were playing. And that's about it. You're right. It's not a very good slate next week. Um, I think before we probably would have circled the Bills uh, in New England, but that's not good. The New England Patriots are not a good football team. Um, 49ers Seahawks? Yeah. That's, uh, hold on. That's next week? I missed that one. I did miss it. Okay, hold on. Let me, let me, I want to comment on uh, Bill's Patriots. This is only interesting in the sense that I think the Patriots have to win this one. Yeah. I think they, they're, so the Patriots are two and four, Bills are five and two. I think the Patriots need to beat the Bills twice if they want any shot at winning the division. So it's almost a must win for the Patriots who benched Cam Newton today. Yeah. Uh, so watch out for that. Uh, 49ers. Uh, Seahawks is also a great game. 49ers seem to be back to their bully bully ball ways uh, and just having Jimmy Garoppolo do enough to win. And it looks like Seattle is going to win this Arizona game here. Um, so that will be really interesting. I I don't know, Marlo. To me, it feels like the 49ers, they're still getting hurt all over the place. I think they've uh, – Wilson, the running back they had today – uh, got hurt again. I mean, they can't keep their running backs healthy, but they seem like the rest of the team might be rounding into form, which is kind of scary for the rest of the NFC. Uh, that's a good one. I, I, I skipped over that one uh, as I was looking at it the first time. Oops. They should flex that one to to Sunday night. Get rid of this Cowboys-Eagles game. Yeah, seriously. It's ridiculous. Um, although maybe that'll be entertaining because it'll be so bad. <laughs> Just so bad. All right. Good. All right. I'm now excited. I think actually, and Colts Lions might be interesting. Sure. I'm not going to watch that though. It's on the same time as the Packers. So yeah, uh, that one might be interesting because I'll talk myself into both these teams being good like three times in this game, <laughs> and then that they also suck three times in the game. So that will be that will be fun. Uh, Chiefs going to play the Jets. That's not going to be close. Uh, all right. That's next week in the NFL, right, Marlo? That is it. Nope, that's it. That's it. Let's move on to baseball, Marla, where game five is almost over. Uh, So it looks like the Dodgers are winning. Yes, I'm trying to jinx them. Um, So the Dodgers will have a 3-2 to series lead. Game four ended in 
the most unlikely of circumstance on a double error game. That's the first time that's ever happened in the World Series. Uh, and former Brewer Brett Phillips had the hit to lead that off. So Brewer's connection there in that game. Um, I've been in on the World Series, Marlo. Oh. I don't want the Dodgers to win. I was prepared to have, if they had one, as it looked like it looks tonight, that they were going to win game four, I was thinking, okay, if they win this game, this series in five, should they be considered an all-time great team? And they, and then they probably lost. should. But then they lost in a double layer. But then they lost, so it doesn't matter. So, <laughs> so now if they win in six instead of five, that's obviously not the case. Uh, but I think they win in six. If they win in seven, then you kind of start. But they went, I think, what is it, 43 and 17, something like that, in the regular season. Uh, uh, it's not really fair to just calculate that to be a 160-game season. But they would have won over 100 games in the regular season. And you presume that a playoff path would have been the same because the playoffs have been relatively similar to what they would have been like in a normal year. Um, if they win, we might have to consider them one of the all-time great teams up there with like what the 2001 Yankees and, and crap like that. Okay. Well, let's see them get past. <laughs> let's see them get past Tampa Bay. Yeah. Um, I'm, this, I'm very much trying to reverse Jinxon for this bottom of the ninth. Got it. 4-2. <laughs> Um, I had a lot of MLB stats that I want to go through, Marlo. That sounds boring now that I look at them. They're they're really good though. Uh, Kenley Jansen. Okay, I'm just gonna do it. Kenley Jansen has blown his fourth World Series uh, save. Uh, so now he leads that. Um, King Kershaw no longer has the worst ERA of pitchers who started uh, X number of innings. I don't remember the number of innings. Um, that's now Sabathia, which. I only remember the Brewers, Sabathia, so that doesn't count. Um, Brett Phillips, former Brewer, had a two-out, two-strike walk-off hit. He's the fourth player ever to do that, up with Mookie Wilson in 86, Kirk Gibson in 88, and Derek Jeter in 2001. Brett Phillips, a legend. Um, there were two pinch runners used at some point in the same time, which seems weird, but that was the second time that happened, and that is... Uh, Mookie Betts is the second player in World Series history with a walk and multiple stolen bases in Indian joining someone named Babe Ruth. Which is weird that Babe Ruth stole two bases, but <laughs> 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 that happened. So those are baseball stats, Paul. Uh, I don't know. I feel like maybe I'm just plugged in a baseball reference uh, on Twitter, uh, but I feel like baseball stats like this have been all over the, the place. Uh, it's been great. Um, oh, last one. Uh, there were 11,500 tickets available um, for, uh, I think it was the first game. It was the s- second least attended World Series game How of all time. How many tickets were available? 11,500. That were That's like, of the allot- that was, was available of the allotment that could be in that stadium. Yeah. Wow. So it's the second lowest attended World Series game uh, to the 1908 Fall Classic between the Cubs and Tigers, Game 5, Cubs 1 and f- 5. This was at Tiger Stadium. 6,200 people showed up to that one. The, ti- the, the Tigers fans had given up on their team. Wow. They gave it up to the juggernaut that was the Cubs, who would surely win lots of World Series in the <laughs> next 89 years. <laughs> nice. 
It did. It did not happen. Uh, really all right. Well, those are baseball stats. It's been great. I've been loving the baseball stats. Well, I just want to share a couple with you and our listeners uh, who aren't also following <laughs> Baseball Reference and ESPN Stats and Info on Twitter. <laughs> I think it's where they all came from. Uh, that's it for baseball, Marla. Are you ready for your favorite segment? Casey's corner kick. <laughs> all right. Quite a week for a good week for Liverpool. Uh, Obviously, we saw we heard news that Virgil Van Dyke was out for uh, essentially the season. He had had a have ACL surgery, so that was a downer. But the results went Liverpool's ways this week in the Champions League. They had a one nil win against Ajax uh, on an own goal, so it wasn't a very exciting game. Uh, it was a good game, but uh, not a lot of scoring involved. Uh, they get the win in the group stage there. Uh, in the Premier League, they had a comeback 2-1 win over Sheffield United. Uh, just, it felt good to get results in what seemed like a turbulent week after a draw against Everton and the injuries. Um, maybe that turbulence and uncertainty was a bit more in my head than it is in on the pitch, but it, it felt like, it felt good to get out there and get, get a couple wins for the squad. I don't know why I said that like I was part of the team. Uh, next week, we have more Champions League action. So on Tuesday and Wednesday around that 2 o'clock time, uh, make sure you're tuning in to, I think it's on CBS All Access. So if you don't have that, I don't know. Get it. It's you got to watch soccer on Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, they are playing uh, the Danish team. Uh, crap. Midgeland? Midgeland? Is that how you'd say that, Marlo? Uh, all right. They play them? Yes. <laughs> and then Saturday in the Premier League, they play West Ham. I think, so not only was Liverpool's, I'm just approaching this from an entirely Liverpool standpoint today, um, outside of Liverpool's results, the other results within the Premier League were good for Liverpool's title chances. Chelsea United with a very boring nil-nil draw. West Ham tied City 1-1, and Everton lost to Southampton 2-0. So all the teams, you kind of think, okay, Liverpool might stumble. There might be other teams who have a chance to kind of catch up to them and and take this from them. They all dropped points this weekend, uh, so that was very encouraging for my squad. Uh, the El Clasico was this last weekend, Marlo. Uh, I thought it was on it too. It was over by then, <laughs> so I didn't watch it. Uh, but Real beat three Barcelona three to one, uh, and that stinks because it's not fun when Real Madrid win. It's more fun when Barcelona wins, and uh, Barcelona's in real trouble. They need to figure something out, uh, and I think it's going to take more than just this next transfer window. More than one signing, they have structural problems. Seems harsh to say. Uh, because they're still going to finish in the top three of the Spanish League, and they're still going to make the Champions League. They still might make a decent run in the Champions League, get to maybe like a quarter semifinal type thing. So like for other teams, that's not a crisis. But for Barcelona, that's a crisis. And they need almost a remake at this point because their team is aging. Their team, the peop- the younger players they have bought haven't, figured it out and as a Messi fan and as somebody who has liked Barcelona because of Messi it's frustrating to see him have to again this is all relative but frustrating to see him kind of have to struggle like this that's the corner kick Marl that's it anything you would like to add um no that's the corner kick 
You Those, weren't you weren't uh, locked into the El Trafica today between LAFC and LA Galaxy. No, for a minute I turned on the TV. Uh, I think the TV was on NBC from the night before, and there was I was going to football, and there was soccer on. So I was on it for a good two and a half seconds. So that was my soccer nice. watching for today. Nice. Before you hit the, before you could find that guide button. Yes. <laughs> Change the channel. Yeah, exactly. All right. Exactly. That's that's, that's it. it then. That's the corner kick. That's the corner kick. All right. I got one throw in, Casey. Yeah. Um, as you know, this weekend was the conclusion of the 2020 CrossFit Games. Of course, of uh, course. I know you were tuned in. Um, what was it broadcast on? Which I totally watched. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, well, so it was on YouTube, Facebook Live, and then they were on CBS f- Saturday okay. at one point. So um, I, I feel like a lot of the stuff has kind of shifted uh, around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna, so anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, it's not an all-day thing. But anyways, conclusion of uh, a weird season, to say the least. But uh, a familiar conclusion with Matt Frazier and Tia, Tia Tomatui uh, ending up winning the men's and the women's being the fittest on earth. Matt continuing maybe the most dominant athlete of all time, winning his fifth in a row, surpassing Rich Froning's four times in a row. And Tia okay. winning her fourth consecutive title of fittest on earth. Probably the most dominant athletes on the face of the earth right now. How old are they? <laughs> uh, Matt? I'm just thinking like, like 20s. Pri- so, I, like mid, late 20s? Yeah, Matt's in his 20s. I don't know, Tia. Tech and stats department. Do do Matt Frazier. Oh, Matt's 30. Wow. Tia is 27. Okay, wow. So she could probably win a couple more. I was just trying to think, like, oh, how how will that run go? Um, Dodgers win. Ugh. Um, <laughs> that is that is that is pretty impressive. I uh, although CrossFit seems weird in this regard, Marlo. Um, one, it's a cult. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> so they're doing just like exercises, right? And I so. They're not like directly competing against somebody because they're doing they're doing the things separately, so it's a little bit. I guess they're still doing them better, right? But it's a little bit weird in that weird to me. Like they're not necessarily playing against somebody. There, there's not somebody else in the ring with them, so to speak. Does that make sense? Um, I get what you're trying to say. It's it's in kind of an individualized sport. I mean, I think the big, I, mean, I think the biggest comparison, or the easy comparison, would be like track, right? Where they're yeah, but you're running against the person, right? And you're doing at the same time, right? And this is what you're, yeah, and that's what they do at the CrossFit Games. Like you're doing, you're doing, you're there's it's run like a race. They're all run like a race. Of course, I know this because I watch. Them. Yeah, because <laughs> you watch them all. They're I all run like a race, me. and they're all doing <laughs> at this. They do them at the same time. Okay, um, fair enough. So yeah, I, I would yeah, I would consider it more like and especially this this year with it only being the top five at the ranch. But um That makes sense. And I and I suppose that's that's more clear than like say who's the best quarterback. Right. That's <laughs> yeah. that's a more clear argument than who is the best quarterback. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. That was it was just a, a, a thought I had on that. Uh how far 
did you get in the the trials or well so the season was strange because you know usually we have it here in madison in august in the early august Mm -hmm. um and then with covid obviously this it got pushed um that didn't even know if it was going to happen they kind of uh pushed it out to a two like a two part two part games with the with the online version and then the top five going to uh california for on in on site uh finish finals this weekend um so that season the 2020 season started last october so it's almost been a year <laughs> when the open oh. happened uh for this for this for the season so um how far did i get oh uh, it's, it's a short subject actually um, oh i'm sorry oh no it's cool it's not your fault uh but yeah i i did okay in the open i would go and check my ranking but i'm not going to let's just say it was decent um okay. yeah well you're thrown off by this schedule obviously yeah obviously um, you made it farther than me there you go i didn't i didn't get off i did not get off the couch got so. it well the 2021 season starts february 18th this is the first open announcement so you can you can start training for that you now can start training now yeah all right I actually had a fitness question I was going to ask you. Oh, okay. I'm not going to do it on the podcast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You got anything else, Casey? Who brought? Who broadcasts it? Who broadcasts it? Yeah. Who are the announcers? Are they former CrossFit people? Oh, yeah. HQ has like their own. They're all... Um, yeah. Mostly Yeah, mostly former CrossFit people. Okay. Yep. It's not like... Joe Buck's not doing it. No, not yet. Joe. Joe's not on it yet. They'll get there. It's a tough time for Joe. He's doing, you know... This is a... Other yeah. Yeah, I gotta get it back. Get it back to August. Yeah, when it's in August, then Joe can do it. Yeah, he'll be free. Okay. How funny it would be if like Al Michaels was doing it. Oh god, that'd be fucking great. (laughs) She's talking about the gambling aspects of it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be a lot of fun. All right. Uh, That's all. I I don't have anything else. uh, All right. I can ask you ridiculous questions about CrossFit, but I don't know how. That's (laughs) interesting. That will be. (laughs) All right. Well, that's it for me. As always, you guys can find us on Twitter at 132Breeze, myself at BarlowJR, Casey at ProfBadgerFan. That's it for me, Casey. You got any last words? Uh, just normal sign-off. Well, as always, fellow fans, I hope all your favorite teams win all the sports. <laughs> <laughs>